Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by A Kid's Book About, a collection of beautifully designed books that kickstart challenging and empowering conversations between kids and their grown-ups. It's no surprise at all that we like talking about the hard stuff with one another, with you all, and with our kids, which is why this new series has resonated so much with us. A Kid's Book About releases new books every month from experts and authors who bring their personal stories, practical wisdom, and childlike playfulness to the page. They explore topics like belonging, feminism, body image, racism, gratitude, and beyond. Life is complicated, and their mission is to help kids and their grown-ups have honest conversations about things that matter. We think that's pretty cool, so visit today's show notes to learn more. Now, on to our episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Upbringing. Today is the Q&A for our Free to Nourish episode. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit new. I'm really excited about it. Um, How do you feel? I'm excited, Kel. I I am. Like, it's nice to unpack this kind of stuff in a separate thing for those people who really want to do a deep dive. But just in case you haven't listened to the Freedom to Nourish episode, we'd recommend you do that first just to Mm -hmm. kind of get the why behind this with a few other little things. But basically, the Freedom to Nourish is saying our role um, as parents shouldn't be to dictate our kids' bodily processes, but to just find ways that we can help support them to be better aware and connected to those processes themselves. Eating, sleeping, eliminating, doing some of their hygiene, things to their bodies. We don't want them to constantly be looking externally to us to accuse outside of themselves. While they're these early years, they need to be getting really connected to their internal cues. You know, um, we want them to be deciding from the inside. And Mm -hmm. that is the best way for them to um, develop healthy habits and move into the world confident and empowered by that inner wisdom and authority we talk about so much. Mm -hmm. And and I think these Q&A episodes, like most of our um, freedom episodes, are really talking about how we can find that delicate balance, that Mm -hmm. dance between nurturing their their inner wisdom and authority and getting getting shit shit done, done, right? (laughs) Do they need food? They need to, you know, be clean a little bit they mm-hmm. need they got to get those z's all those things you know our our responsible p- parental agenda really comes up into conflict with their fierce spirits advocating for what they need and we want to mm-hmm. handle that sensitively and that's why we have the resist approach and that's what we're going to do in these q a's is run through our resist approach which is respect empathize sync up innovate, summarize, and trust. And those are six steps that we do. It could be in a 30-second interaction we run through all six, or it could be in a half-hour meltdown. In a day. It could be in a week, (laughs) you know, and... 
And so that's what we're going to be working it's in this the practice episode. of parenting. It's, it's our fail forward mm-hmm. practice. Basically, we don't do it right all the time. We don't do it thoroughly all the time. We don't do it period all the time. The idea is that we're building and practicing skills that we hope to teach our kids. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the idea. Instead of using control in our discipline, we're using the resist approach instead because that's what we want them to ultimately learn. That's what's really interesting too, thinking about this. Instead of just coming at this from a discipline lens, we're saying actually we're using discipline in this realm that is very personal, Mm -hmm. that is about our kids' own bodies and about values and skills that we want to feel joyful and feel wonderful and feel like lovely self-care things. Mm -hmm. So why are we disciplining around one, our kid's body, and two, this amazing um, area of, of, of value and of importance. Joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and joy. joy. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why we don't even think about it as disciplining. We think about it as having a conversation with another human being about their body mm-hmm. and about our external knowledge and what we can bring to that to help them better attune mm-hmm. to their inner processes okay. and understand themselves better. Let's get into it. That's the goal. Okay, so what's the first one, Kel? People DM'd us um, some challenges and struggles in these domains mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, thank you, everybody, for We've doing that. We've uh, got a, a kid who is um, refusing to eat their vegetables. We've got, um, or a toddler. I think it was mm-hmm. like a younger toddler. We've got a kid who is having some sleep issues. And then we have a baby who's just like refusing all diaper changes. So I think we should start with the, the toddler refusing vegetables and see okay. if we can get through all three. What okay. do you think? Yeah. We're just going to riff on these. That sounds good. And we'll also have more <laughs> Q&As and, and um, takeaways and things through our Instagram stories, which we'll put on YouTube as well, right? Here. Yeah. That's, that's the plan, baby. That's our plan. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So what's the situation? I mean, I think this situation of a kid refusing to eat their vegetables is what so a common. <laughs> what a little <laughs> shit. Why are you making my life miserable? But really, that's where we go is, mm-hmm. okay, you're, why are you making this so hard? It actually tastes good. I just ate some myself. I worked Three, so, I worked hard, so hard. That's what I always um, come to. Four, this is embarrassing that you never eat vegetables. Five, now I'm worried because I want you to be a human that doesn't just like eat garbage all day, right? Mm-hmm. So we're thinking about the future stuff and just who's building a healthy body now. Mm-hmm. So um, so some of it is immediate. Some of those goals are more long-term, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot at play. And, and what is our tendency, right, Han? I mean, our tendency is to... Um, you know, manipulate them into eating those bites. And Mm -hmm. obviously from a very loving place. So it's trying to make the food fun, trying to zoom it into their mouths, trying to to get them to eat it, to bargain, to say, well... How if you eat this, then you get this. If you eat this broccoli, then you get this dessert. Or you have to eat, this is our agreement, you have to eat three more bites before Mm -hmm. you have dessert or, or we hide or the vegetables the and smoothies or yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we get kind of um we get tricky and yeah. and none of those things is ultimately teaching our kids allowing them to trust their bodies about eating broccoli or whatever vegetable this person was concerned about um it's in fact undermining that ability because it's focusing them on our relationship on the power struggle at hand kids sense that shit from a mile away mm-hmm. right um, and so what we're talking about is how can we sensitively support a, a goal and a value like nutrition or um, vegetables or just dinner time, meal time, anything. And that's by 
calming down, taking some of the pressure mm-hmm. off ourselves and working a little harder in these other domains that are not putting the pressure directly on our child and affecting their value and skill building. Right. So how do we, where do we start with the resist approach? <sighs> I mean, seeing them as their own person. That's the lens that we put respect. on all of this. That's respect. Thanks. I You're welcome. You said respect. <laughs> no, go ahead. You always start the respect step, I Kelsey. Do? You should, might as well just okay. go. Well, the respect step is, <laughs> is a big kind of like awareness snapping step of, oh yeah, this is another human being. This is not me. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own personal reality. They have their own experiences. Which their I, own taste buds, dude. Right, which I cannot <laughs> always understand um, and need to be respectful of. Mm-hmm. And the respect step is so much about... Um, um, kind of setting our kids up for success ahead of times and thinking and paying attention about what they're doing and when and why, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. W- what would that look like in this case? Noticing patterns. Okay, mm-hmm. they, it seems like they haven't really been eating vegetables that much. What vegetables haven't they been eating? What Which ones I, am I noticing? Okay, I'm maybe going to try some other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mix things in. I'm going to cook it differently. You yeah. know, it's thinking about accommodating um, our kids where they are, meeting them where they are, while still... Be, being their advocate and knowing that it's our job to be getting getting those um, getting those vegetables out there. Yeah, and I think in terms of feeding uh, practices, it's also really important in this respect step to know what's developmentally appropriate and how kids taste buds and feeding stuff. Tell, tell us happens. a little bit about taste and buds. So I mean, we I'm gonna we pour rec- myself some coffee. Okay, we recommend some um, some books um, in the last episode, but Evelyn Triboli who wrote, wrote Intuitive Eating, Ellen Satter who wrote Child of Mine. Um, Dina Rose, who wrote It's Not About the Broccoli. Those are three of our favorite books about food that talks about, it helps us understand, which I think is a huge respect step, is saying, I need to understand kids developmentally and how food works for them. But that ties into last episode, which is the belief we flipped, which is my expectations are not reality. Right. And I think that that we so often as parents are like, no, it has to be four bites or it has to be this much. And we're like, but does it really? It's Where did arbitrary. I get that idea? Yeah, totally. So many of our, our things are pretty arbitrary and subjective. So that idea is reading up on those things to find out like, oh, it takes 10 or 11 tries to get somebody's taste buds, whatever. So keep, just keep putting the food out. Um, oh, um, kids end up rounding out what's intuitively needed in their bodies if you put it out there within a week. That's so So cool. it's not within a meal. They don't get everything they need for their bodies within a meal, which it leads us to be like, oh my God, they just ate bread. But it takes a week for them and they will actually do it. Research has shown this. So reading and understanding all these things that really take the pressure off of us having to be the food police. But I think that so so much of these freedoms is such a reminder of this is not an emergency. Mm -hmm. And I think that we go into this responsible parenting mode feeling that sense of urgency Mm -hmm. for them to do it, for them to learn it, for them to be it in so many ways. That's the third belief we talk about in the episode, that we're forcing these skills you need to eat this broccoli now because I want you to be a healthy person as a grown-up. Right. right. And we're saying we, we want that the other way around. We want you to understand and have a, a low-pressure situation on this broccoli and Con- develop this value and, and, and positive yeah. context. And then you'll develop the skills to eat it when your body's ready to eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the basic re- respect step. And then E, the next... Uh, so the or, kid is refu- let's say they're okay. refusing. They're like, no, that's disgusting. I will mm-hmm. not... I will not eat it. It's well, slimy or right, whatever. And I don't think I would have even pushed it on them in the first place. But if they, it's on the table and they say, I'm not going to eat any broccoli or you offer to serve it to them, 
mm-hmm. you know, um, then you just. But be, I think that that could be part of the respect step as well. Really quick is letting our kids serve their own food, mm-hmm. because at least my kids who are sensitive and spirited are like, don't put that on my plate. You mm-hmm. can't decide how much I'm going to eat, and if I put it on their plate, it gets pushed onto the table almost immediately. <clears throat> well, and in- intuitive eating research also shows that that putting an, again an arbitrary amount on the plate and dominating that thing is taking that skill and that that ability away from our kids. So. Um, giving them a lot of agency for sure. And I mean, I don't even know how we go through the resist approach with all of this. Like mm-hmm. I really think generally speaking, I'm just, I kind of want to just bust out of the resist approach mm-hmm. and just talk about the basics of what we would do in this situation, which is give our kids agency and autonomy. So let them choose which foods they want to eat and and how much they want to eat. That's the division of responsibility we talk <laughs> this about. This is just like one of your favorite topics. I'm just like going like, to watch you. I'm sitting here with my coffee no, and you just go. No, you keep talking too. You know, what else? Like involve them and give them a sense of, of, of participation. So help, th- let them choose the foods at the grocery store. Let them prepare <coughs> some of the vegetables and things. Because, or weigh in on how it's cooked or how it's cut up or yeah. which color it is. Or, right, give them some of that because they're much more likely to participate and eat if they've if they've participated in everything leading up to it. Like you said, Kelty, the agency of putting it on the table and letting them serve themselves. And sometimes it can feel a little bit wasteful, but now my kids serve what they're going to eat. It really does work rather Mm -hmm. than just waiting. I I still finish my plate, whoever served my plate, because that's how I was raised. So Mm -hmm. um, we we don't want them to do that. Um, What other things are we trying to cultivate? You know, we we talk about, you know, vegetables and things. We talk um, about how things feel and how they're they're yeah. very transitory. So we in in a in a moment when our kid is saying these vegetables know they're gross, we would say, Oh, your taste buds don't like them today or cooked like that. Mm-hmm. And we make everything very temporary because we talk with them about how taste buds change. And guess what? Food is cooked differently all the time. So maybe that way, not so much. Maybe with that sauce. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe should we try that a little bit differently But next again, time? we're not having an agenda about what they eat, how much, and when. We're just, our agenda is to help them attune to their preferences and their bodily sensations. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for when they're like, not just I don't like it, but I'm full. Yeah. Or I'm hungry. And, you know? and I think that part of our job in that is taking these very binary statements that they do because they're kids and mm-hmm. that's how they speak and breaking them down into more nuanced temporary characterization like that. And that includes us not saying, oh, you hate so- this food. And or not saying I, that about, hate I hate it. Yeah. I hate bananas. I hate whatever is saying you might hate things and you're never going to try them again. And they're that, disgusting to you. That's a very fixed mindset. It and is. we are all about the growth mindset. Yeah, we are. So we want to say that everything is, is a process. Everything is is a state of temporariness. Mm-hmm. So promoting fluidity of, yeah. of thought, of being, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I really think like the, the so much of the research I read is saying, don't talk to them constantly about the food. Just be eating your own food. Take mm-hmm. the pressure off by just enjoying your food and saying, oh, this broccoli, I love the butter and salt on it. Mm-hmm. Like you can say that for yourself. But I think that so much of the resistance that comes around this food stuff is because we put so much pressure and so much attention and focus on our kids that they can feel that. And mm-hmm. any child that's between like one and like eight is going to sense that and they push back. That's how they respond to that. Mm -hmm. Or they become suspicious, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like what you said too, just creating a joyful atmosphere around it, bringing them in on it. Um, I guess we talk about food a little bit. I'll just be like, what do you think of the whatever this time? Or, Mm -hmm. oh, I really like how crunchy the the carrots are this time or we talk about how food feels in our body too you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. we talk about how like oh i feel like i I had a little bit too much of that vegetable and it made me feel a little bit gassy Mm -hmm. or um 
Yeah, you know? but we don't demonize foods or separate foods. Mm-mm. I mean, that's I mean, there's so many different topics we could go on with this where we we just don't want to be binary about this this feeding stuff. We don't want to be valuing some foods and devaluing others. We want kids to feel like their bodies are going to tell them. They're going to trust in their bodies and get attuned with those inner sensations of how food feels, how it tastes based on their preferences, based on their growth, based on their um, inner wisdom and authority. Mm -hmm. And that's what our job is, is to help them discover that. And again, it's a huge trust fall. It's a big trust thing. That's the name of the game in this is trust and Mm -hmm. patience and remembering that it's not an emergency. They're going to eat their green vegetables. They're going to get enough vegetables if we keep offering them. If we don't say, oh, they don't like avocado, okay, never serving that again. If we keep putting the good foods out there and keep promoting them and keep finding, innovating ourselves really, finding vehicles for those. Okay, maybe avocado on toast with butter and salt is a way they might like it. Or maybe they like it as guacamole. Mm Mm-hmm. Scooping it with a chip, you know, it puts the onus on us to get creative, and um, and work mm-hmm. a little harder instead of just demanding the work on their end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thinking about how we like our food and how how particular we are about certain things can hopefully help us open up our mind again back to that respect step, which I think all of this is about respect, mm-hmm. and then about our own innovation. With a ra- behind the scenes with this mm-hmm. so that we're not over controlling this very sensitive process of um, nourishment yeah i feel like that's all we have to say i think that yeah. was pretty good okay yeah, yeah. well i mean I, it's just this is this topic you could just expand so for huge. so long and in so many different we ways have, we have more specific food q a's <sighs> that we might do on uh on instagram stories mm-hmm. and youtube so tune in for those yeah and then i think we should do one more mm-hmm. which one do you want to do let's do the the bedtime struggles one okay so mm-hmm. bedtime and sleep is another sensitive process, right, Kel? Mm-hmm. That we can very easily, I mean, it's our responsibility to get our kids the sleep they need, mm-hmm. just like it's our responsibility to get them the nutrition and the nutrients and all of that stuff that they need. Yeah, but and this, so it can cause us to really, I think, feel a lot of pressure. I think we feel a lot of pressure, not just because we want the best for them, but because we want them to go to fucking mm-hmm. sleep because it's been a long day and we want to watch our show and we want to talk to our partner mm-hmm. and we want to, you know, clean the house before fucking Groundhog Day starts over tomorrow. Really? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the bedtime oh, one is so, much so, it's so triggering in mm-hmm. so many ways. It's a, But it's the end of the day, so you're exhausted. You know? And like with the food thing, we're in a very helpless position when we have an agenda over our child's body. Mm-hmm. We have an, a very strong agenda and we actually have no ability to make them do whatever it is mm-hmm. without quite a bit of manipulation that just puts our relationship at risk. And we are trying to work on skills, parenting skills that do not put our kids and our relationship at risk. And don't risk the... Um, Put the value at risk. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, creating a negative, right. like creating a negative, a negative associ- environment, an yeah. association, and envi- environment with something that we want to feel and be positive. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we want bedtime to be lovely. We mm-hmm. want dinner time to be this wonderful time. We want a kid to take a crap and feel amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And we want them to love self care, brushing their hair, brushing their teeth. We want those things to feel good. But when we control them and we want them so hard, mm-hmm. we can inevitably end up doing the opposite right Right. and 
also undermine their connection to themselves where they're constantly thinking, oh, in these realms of self-care, I have to look outside myself for the cues to, of, as to what to do, mm-hmm. for what to eat, for when to go to sleep or how to go to sleep, for when to go to the bathroom or how to go to the bathroom. And, yeah. We want our kids to be looking within. So yeah. how do we do that with so, a sleep struggle? So What's a, a sleep struggle about? When a six-year-old keeps coming out of their room after bedtime and, and the parent keeps marching him back and saying, you're old enough to know it's bedtime. You stay in your room. Why aren't you putting yourself to bed? You, you're old enough to do that now. Mm-hmm. And just feeling that sense of frustration and helplessness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that grind of, I shouldn't have to sit here till you fall asleep every night. That sense of injustice that I know we've all felt. And resentment. And resentment. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks. It's hard. Right? Yeah. So I think we could run the resist approach with this. Okay. If if our kid keeps coming out of out of their room and we're like trying to do the dishes and they c- keep coming back, right? So we start with respect. Like we like we do every time, imagining I don't I don't know my child's experience. They're their own person. This is alternate their own reality. Body. They have an alternate <laughs> reality. Mine is go to sleep because I have this thing I want to do, and theirs is I'm struggling mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I'm having trouble doing it by myself. They're not trying to ruin our lives, right? It can feel that way. It definitely <laughs> feels that way. They're just struggling, mm-hmm. okay? And and so the respect step is that kind of like bubble popping. Oh yeah, this is my job as the advocate to sensitively support their, their process. This process that is theirs, but that they need help with, mm-hmm. right? I love that. Kelty, I would also add um, that the respect step is about getting uh, educated a little bit mm-hmm. on on kids' sleep, on all of these types of things, just like with the food thing. And I'd recommend the book, The Happy Sleeper, mm-hmm. um, that's that's in our show notes and on the site, um, to just understand better what this is about. And even from an attachment perspective, we can look at this saying, sleep is letting go. Sleep is saying goodbye to mama and papa. Mm-hmm. Sleep is saying- You're is, falling. Yeah, falling asleep. <laughs> so scary. Uh, you know, um, and that's why we always say sleep finds you. Finding sleep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that there's not this like desperate search or desperate fall, but it finds us when, when we're ready. We just have to prepare our bodies. But anyway, but even thinking of it from that point of view or thinking of it from... Um, from a um, self-regulation perspective of being like your body has to get to a state of self-regulation to let go into sleep and of, of calmness. We all struggle with sleep sometimes, but sure. we're just like, I cannot wind down. How do I need to wind down? We figured out these strategies for ourselves. This is where we help our kids attune to their bodies right. and figure out their but own that's, strategies. That's the, big, that's the big pill to swallow is remembering and realizing over and over, oh yeah, that's me. I have to be that co-regulator. Mm-hmm. That's my job as the parent to be the helper. And we got to help a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. lot. We didn't know how much we were going to have to help when we signed mm-hmm. on for this that's in so, so many ways. But it's it's our job and that's why we're here doing the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's so true. So um, the next step uh, in the resist approach would be to empathize and to so maybe walk walk them back into the room mm-hmm. again. Right? Well, and I think moving in with self regulation is that bedtime can bring up a lot of feelings because it's it's everything has gotten pushed from the day they've been feeling they've been you know just moving through surviving 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 mm-hmm. and then they get to bedtime and like that's when I tend to lose my shit mm-hmm. at the end of the day because we've just worked so hard our little their little prefrontal cortex they've, they've been keeping it all together has been trying so hard that's when I eat a bag of chips because I have yeah. no um <laughs> no self control um, left well they also don't we're all back in our emotional brain limbic brain mm-hmm. at that point at the end of the day and we have a lot to process sometimes and so i think that this empathy step 
is about helping our kid process the shit they need to do to let go to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, that takes a little bit of time. And again, that requires that we listen and we maybe consider at the same time, uh, is their bedtime routine allowing a space for this? Because if they're coming out of their rooms, then maybe there wasn't that time to be expressing their feelings, processing the day's events, getting getting their system set to shut down for the evening, basically. Mm Um, I love that. So we ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, where you keep coming out, what's going on? Focusing on not the behavior, but even just how are you? What's going on? They're clearly needing to, to feel a con- sense of connection, a sense of closeness, a sense of attunement to us mm-hmm. so that they can then attune to their bodies. It, you're right though, Han. It's so easy to just look at the behavior. Mm-hmm. It's so irritating. It's obnoxious. We've told them, they agreed, okay, I promise I'll stay in bed and they're breaking mm-hmm. it. And it's so easy to just look at that outside. And w- like you talk about always, we want to put those goggles on and mm-hmm. look below the waves. Mm-hmm. We want to look at what's going on under the surface, not just because that's the respectful way to interact with someone we love, but because that's where the intel is that's going to help um, resolution mm-hmm. here and is going to help them understand their bodies better mm-hmm. and uh, basically put us out of a job eventually. Mm-hmm. If they're understanding that what's holding them back was like something that happened at school today and they need to talk about it, then they're going to start journaling about it or they'll come to us beforehand and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And but it, we're creating a sense of awareness and self-attunement. But the empathy way. step is where we listen. Mm-hmm. And we, it's where we can find out that it's a little cool in the room and they didn't quite realize it or that their their jammies are poking them in this weird way mm-hmm. or that maybe one more sip of water. It's the sixth one, but okay, we're going to do one more. Or yeah, that something personal happened or that they're wondering why their dog died. Mm-hmm. That All these thoughts keep coming. I have those thoughts when I lie down. I'm just like, where are these coming from that are torturing me? Mm -hmm. And kids can't always put words to those experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's why coming in with with empathy in this step of the resist approach is so important. Well, and that coming in with anything but empathy is just going to make the situation worse. Absolutely. Do you think that's going to make bedtime easier? No, it's going to make it harder. So we got to suck it up and Mm -hmm. lean into this. And something that I know you don't like it when I go back in steps, but this is happening because you're making us go through these steps, Kelty. In the respect (laughs) step, it's also part of family agreements and what we decide to do with bedtime. And I think um, sometimes our kids can resist because they don't feel the security of a plan. They don't feel that something predictable is going on with the the routine. And so I would suggest to this parent, do they have a a really clear routine? Has it changed up recently? Do they have the predictable, we we read three books, and so we go brush teeth if you'd like to. And then we do that, and then we read the three stories, and then you can do this, and then I leave, and then I come back five minutes later to check on you. Mm -hmm. Is there a sense of security and predictability? Because that's what's going to allow you, that's going to be the backbone of this um, interaction, of this interaction mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I love that. And then after respect and after empathize, we go <clears throat> into the sync up step. And <clears throat> that's our chance to put forward our concern, mm-hmm. which usually happens when we're not at our best right away, which mm-hmm. is, I told you, you need to be in your bed. Right. What I what I need you to be in your bed, and that's not actually stating a concern. When when right. when we think about syncing up, that means getting to the root of like we talked about before, our expectations and our worry mm-hmm. and why. So I would say something like, "My concern is, and if you hadn't really <laughs> thought about it, something might come out like I'm not going to have enough time to watch my Netflix. Mm-hmm. But if you really have <laughs> thought about it, you might say, "My concern is, it's eight o'clock and it's getting a little bit late." 
and you woke up really early today and I want to make sure that you get enough rest for the birthday party tomorrow. Yes, that you feel good tomorrow. And feel good, yeah. You know. But you know, it's really saying, here's my concern, not here's my problem, here's my why agenda. you're pain in the ass, here's, here's why you need to, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, here's this thing and this is why, why I'm here and I want to talk to you about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the I'm next, on your side. Yeah, I'm on your yeah. side. But the, only after we've listened and bought in their trust, right? And maybe kind of worked worked our magic a little bit. Even just bearing witness and listening can go a long way towards mm-hmm. moving them forward. And that's what we want to be doing is moving things forward slowly and lovingly through this whole process. Mm-hmm. So the next step, innovate, right? This is the, the, the point when usually I end up giving ultimatums. <laughs> and this is when instead of issuing do this or do that, that's when you instead ask the question, what should we do about this? Mm-hmm. We're, we're clearly at, at a standoff. We're clearly something's not feeling right and, and working smoothly based on our agreement. How can we meet both of our needs? Right. right. So that you can attune to your body and work, learn, build some skills. And get in, some rest. In self-care and self-regulation. Get the rest you need. And I can go do the dishes and hang out with Papa and go to bed early too because I'm really tired. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Innovate could look like, you know, what could we do? Should we um, put a little blanket over the window? I notice it's coming in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have an idea for that extra sip of water. Or you think you have a story tucked in your back pocket for just a moment like this because it's been happening frequently, right? So mm-hmm. maybe you've prepared a little bit of, of things like, oh, I forgot to tell you this one thing. And I want to tell you the story real quick. And then mm-hmm. what song should we sing after that before I go? Yeah. And I think just especially with a six-year-old, just asking them, what do you need right mm-hmm. now? Because based on our plan, and, and this is, I think, uh, summarized, maybe moving into mm-hmm. that and sync up and kind of combine, but based on our agreement, you stay in your room after eight o'clock. So it, do you need to sit up for a little longer? Like we can, you know, I can't force you to go to sleep, but this is what we do in our family is that we stay in the room with the lights off. So what, what can we do? What do mm-hmm. you need right now? And sometimes they don't know what they need, but that's what we're helping them understand. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it with, again, the high warmth and the high boundaries. So we're saying the boundary, we're not letting you stay up all night. We're not letting you be in the living room and being crazy. We're saying this, we're holding fast to that boundary of not coming out of not coming out or not whatever but then being really warm about it to say but there's a safe place and i want to help you figure out what's going to help you to fall asleep help me help you (laughs) exactly please (laughs) yeah um and so who knows what can happen after that right Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes in that in that like in that summarized step sometimes we set a limit and in this case, you can't set a limit to your kid about closing their eyes. So I end up setting a limit with myself, which is a loving follow through of sometimes having to sit until my kid falls asleep mm-hmm. when I don't want to. And 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 that segues perfectly into the trust step for me, which is, okay, you don't want to trust yet? Uh, well, I think, or I would have, I would say- You would set the limit I, for some fading. I would set the limit yeah. for some fading okay. pers- personally. But I was just saying yeah. that's one way to right. go. Yeah, but whatever that limit is, mm-hmm. and you'd summarize with state the reality, set the limit of Kelty, her limit is saying, well, I will just sit with you and help you. Because when it's we set always, a limit but... of I'm abandoning you in your room, and you better stay what, in there. What, what skills are they learning? Mm-hmm. What, how are they feeling about our attachment? None of nothing is helping them or us. So in that, describe what them. fading is, so people know that fading is is um, a technique. A technique that that allows them to be alone 
uh, for longer periods of time, little by little, but still feeling the warmth of our presence, knowing that we're coming back, feeling that sense of security, but practicing independence on their own bit by so bit. So this works from an infant to, mm-hmm. you know, And The Happy old. Sleeper is one of our favorite sleep books, and they talk about this. But it's it's a compassionate, respectful way to find that middle ground between what your kid needs and also build their skills. So you'd say and something like, since, since you, you know, you, you know you're not supposed to leave the room and it seems like you're needing more help, so I'm going to stay for one song and then I'm going to go just check on Papa or check on the dishes or go and, pee and real I'll quick and I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back in three minutes or whatever. Right. And we come back and we check. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, do, we do a little song again or we rub their back a little bit instead, maybe less stimulating. Mm-hmm. And then we say, okay, I'm going to go, but I'll be right back. And we're building that sense of trust and we're, we're making it a little bit longer each time. Mm-hmm. To say, I'm not going to be held captive here, which is what it so often feels mm-hmm. like, right? Yeah. And I think whether you decide to just sit there until your kid falls asleep or to do a fading technique or whatever it is, is based on their temperament. It's based on how um, kind of common and frequent this thing is happening. Maybe mm-hmm. they just watched a scary movie that day or something and like they just need a little more support that or night. Or they're having anxiety about something happening tomorrow. Yeah. So or they're having be- teething and it's this yeah. in, not in this case, but it could be just a phase. Right. But right? again, this is a conversation that we're having and that's the going to the trust step is saying it, it, it can change up. You can you have the opportunity to do it again. This is going to look different for everybody. There's no right way to go about sleep stuff. And all we're talking about here is thinking about making sure we find a way to nurture our kids' um, attunement and connection to this sensitive process while also getting shit done. And mm-hmm. so again, setting up the boundaries, working behind the scenes, uh, part of the trust step is talking about it later mm-hmm. and seeing how it went. What strategies could we use next time? What's been going on with the sleep stuff? I noticed and listening. it keep coming out. Yeah, at, you know the last so, few nights. You know sometimes problem solving can't necessarily happen at eight o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and you just have to kind of do what needs to be done and be with them or find a fading technique or something like that. And then the next day you guys put your heads together. But it's this idea that. It is a collaboration. It's a conversation with our kids that we're going through with these struggles that it's not for us to fix or for them to just deal with on their own. We can sensitively support it, finding that middle way. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay. No, it's great. <clears throat> so we would love to hear your thoughts on um, today's Q&A episode for the freedom to... What? Did you have something to I say? I did. I wanted okay. to say... <laughs> um, this Q&A was so fun, and I want yeah. everyone, while we're thinking about okay. it, to go to our website and download the mm-hmm. Freedoms Model and Resist Approach. It's packed with tons of skills and takeaways and goals and um, all the fun stuff that we're talking about this, mm-hmm. and it's something that you can share with your partner, send to your mother-in-law, um, mm-hmm. print print, and pour over on your lunch break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. And we're going to be doing more of these Q&As this week on Instagram Stories and YouTube. Basically, if you go to our Instagram page, if you don't know about stories, just tap our little icon on our Instagram page and the stories should come up. And we have a highlight reel which says struggle or nourish, whatever this week's mm-hmm. um, stories are where we, ha- uh, yeah, freedom is where we have a little bit extra there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for mentioning that, Kelsey. Sure thing. Um, what else? We just, we want to encourage you to continue the conversation with your partner and with your kid or with us. Let us know what your thoughts were on this episode. Um, we support you in, in integrating this, however it fits into your life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's something that we're not always going to do the, the, in the way that we want to do it. And that's why 
connecting with other people about it is so important when we can share those what we consider fails in those moments and like god i just screamed at her mm-hmm. and i told her to go to bed or i ended up getting really pushy about the food and i basically i'm worried they're never going to eat it again talk with somebody about your fears talk with somebody about how far you got through the resist approach and what you're learning and, and why it feels relevant to you but this is the practice yeah. and you're doing an amazing job mm-hmm. thank you for being here you know, this is a messy and incredibly important job being a parent. And yeah. we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make lots of so many mistakes. Um, but that's okay because our growth depends on it. And if you're here, you are doing the work. And you're doing an amazing job. And we're really proud of you. We're right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. One conversation at a time. So thanks for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time. Mm-hmm.